Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it is our great pleasure to welcome Steve Bernstein to the show. Welcome, Steve. Hello. Thanks for having me. Steve is principal at Waypoint Group, a B2B-focused customer experience firm, and they're also the providers of Waypoint's top box platform for customer engagement. As you can tell from me using the word customer a lot there, we're going to be talking about customer success today. And I'm also joined by my trusty co-host, Rena Umbai. Welcome, Rena. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jeremy. As we get into this, I just want to give a little background on why we're talking to Steve today, which is a lot of the listeners know of the Modern Sales Pros platform that's run by Pete Kazanji. And Pete also runs another forum called the Modern Customer Success Pros. And I was trying to get educated as fast as I can over a weekend on Modern Customer Success Pros and found that Steve was one of the folks who just drops nugget after nugget of wisdom on there. So not to set expectations too high, but uh, hopefully we'll get a few of those great nuggets today. Steve, in order to get to know you, we I have often talked to salespeople about sales books. I, we don't talk much about CS books. So I'm curious, what's your what are some of your favorite CS books? I, I know there aren't as many out there. There's a huge library of CS books that's growing, including you know my own book, which I won't uh, necessarily promote. The book is called Failure Sucks, which is an appropriate title, I think, for customer success folks. But one of my personal favorite books actually is a book called Switch. I was turned on to this several years ago by some Six Sigma consultants, but it's so appropriate for understanding how to work with customers. I mean, it, it frames solutions around bright spots and understanding success. And it was a really transformative book for me in terms of applying change management principles to the kind of work that we do. Filled with real stories, real evidence, and good methodology that makes sense when you really see it in that in the context. To get into the topic, I'd love to hear your thoughts, having been in this you know, CS world probably from before it was called CS or, or even customer experience, how you've seen the evolution of CS over time. I, I, I would assume that CS in its modern-ish incarnation started when SaaS happened, right? Because it was just support before, before the SaaS world came about, I believe. Yeah. I mean, there were some companies, you know, like Cisco is always a famous example. They called their customer organization, right? They called it customer advocacy. It was still a little siloed, right, in terms of understanding all the elements that need to come together to drive customer success, right? So there was one umbrella, but I'm not sure there was one necessarily a, a strategy. I mean, I think a lot of companies go through this and they they create this role of customer success and they aligned all the post-sale. I mean, post-sale is kind of a misnomer because we're always selling, right? But all the post-initial sale activities tend to get organized under one leader. But the important thing, I think, is to make sure that there's a consistent strategy around it, not just you know housing these individual departments and making sure that there's connective glue. Tell me what you think. But I think the industry is moving a lot more towards not just this idea of collect- connective glue, but actually um, changing the nature of discussions that they're having. Right? Vendors are having discussions with, quote, customers all the time. We probably should define the word customer, by the way. But um, since you know vendors are having these discussions with customers all the time, how do we make sure that we're really having value-add discussions and driving the right kind of motion? So the industry does definitely seem to be going towards more executive level and stakeholder conversations, not just focusing on end users and driving adoption from the end user perspective. Usually, you see historically a lot of CS teams are focusing on, well, you know, we need to drive more training or we need to, you know, make sure they understand what the end users are supposed to be doing, et cetera. But without strategy from the top, 
really hard to drive that end user adoption down below. And I think uh, CS teams are, are really starting to connect those dots. We have a lot to unpack there. So even just going back to the start of that, you were saying that modern CS often includes a whole bunch of quote unquote post-sale things that have been all packed together. The ones that came to my mind and some of them you mentioned, right, were professional services, which often includes implementation, support, which is a lot of the reactive stuff, and then also customer success, which in theory, I guess, again, another topic we'll go deeper into should be all the proactive stuff. Is there anything else that you see uh, heads of chief customer officers responsible for? Within those organizations, there might be a program manager capability or requirements, right, to help drive this connection between these organizations, you know, and make sure that we're connecting the dots. Once we get that new account, what is that process that we're going to use to make sure that customers are successful? Along the way, right, there's usually things like EDRs and there's things like, um, you know, value engineering, perhaps, where we're understanding the value that customers are giving or acquiring. So those are certainly functions as well with a customer success that should be considered. I think it's growing. The industry is maturing. There's more of a focus around driving, you know, driving value means a lot of things from a lot of people. We know that customer success is there to make sure that we're driving value, but that means that it's all about that collective stakeholder engagement. I mean, end users are certainly important, but not only. We've got to make sure that all the oars are moving in the right direction as that ship is sailing across the sea. Maybe we should talk a little bit more also about this word customer that I've... Yeah, it was, that was actually the next question that I, I had to ask you, which was, you said, maybe we should define customer. So what do people, you know, sometimes use the word prospect as distinct from customer, but I, I imagine you must have a point of view on that one. I think sales has done a pretty good job of doing a few things, right? First of all, they understand there are different persona, right? There are different ideal customer profiles. There are different use cases, different, right, needs and requirements. Sales has methodologies for understanding those things, for developing the relationships, for triangulating, not just single threading through one contact, but actually building a coalition, becoming part of that coalition, right, with the customer. I think sales has done really good work over the years in, in developing those methodologies. I think CS has a little bit more to catch up on. CS is the one that needs to be driving proactive strategies with the right people in the account. And so when we're talking about customer, in consumer world, Super easy to understand customer, but in B2B, there kind of isn't a customer. I mean, there's that group of people that are engaged with a particular solution or are engaged with, you know, driving value. So they buy products and services to help them do that. And we can call them an account. That might be useful if we're referring to the collective, but let's be more clear because sometimes a customer can mean a partner, right? A reseller, channel partner, a consulting partner. I mean, sometimes they're thought of that way. Things get really confusing when we generically use the word customer to refer to all those different personas, right? The more specific we can be, the easier it is to understand what it is we're talking about in customer success. You, you talked about a lot this concept of the exec executive stakeholder. And my question to you is, how do you help CS uh, professionals kind of feel like they belong at the table? That's a gap that I've seen quite a bit as they feel like they can't go head to head with the executive, which is why they focus on users. So curious to hear your thoughts. One of the things that we really advocate is we just call it demonstrated listening. And people who know me know I'm a, a fan of Oprah. When she retired, right, her last day on TV, on her show, she said something to the effect of, you know, I've interviewed 30,000 people on this show, and all 30,000 of them have one thing in common. They want to know, do you hear me? Are you listening? Is what I'm saying important to you? 
Those are the elements I think that anybody with just a little bit of effort can perfect, right? And the more we can demonstrate that we're listening to what they're telling us and the more we can address what they're telling us, really the easier it becomes to have those executive conversations. So let's get them in a room and ask some good opening questions and they'll tell you answers, right? Because, you know, a seasoned executive understands that you're on their side. You're in this together. So a seasoned executive will tend to be more transparent, will tend to share, here's what's working and not working from my perspective. Now let's figure out how we're going to address these things. A follow-up to that is, what skill set do you look for in the CSM when you're hiring in terms of profile? And does that change with the maturity of the company or any criteria that will change that? That's a good question. I think it depends on the kind of the nature of the company's products and services, right? If it's a product-led company, say like a a Slack or Dropbox or Microsoft, right? Versus a customer solution-led company that requires, you know, different levels of engagement. If it's an applications company, say Salesforce, right? Really different or SAP, right? right? Really different from individual products. So if we take the application-centric kind of company or customer-centric kind of company, the profiles that we see coming on more and more are more about consultative engagement and less about uh, subject matter expertise in a particular industry. I mean, I think subject matter expertise is certainly important, but a seasoned consultative role expert, right, can certainly learn the ins and outs of a particular product. They should have some industry background, but the details, those can be learned and trained. If you were to create a course, maybe you guys have already solved this, but it feels like there's a gap in how do you teach people to be consultative? I'm wondering what would be in the curriculum for teaching people to be consultative at work? Well, you teach them, first of all, what are the appropriate thought-provoking questions that any company really should be armed with? What do you look for in the answers to those? Why are you looking for that kind of information in the answer? And then what is the appropriate kind of follow-up to response? I mean, I think role-playing is a big part of this. The more we can get customer success people to actually you know, role play together as a team and take on some of the real specific real world cases that CS people have have experienced in their portfolio, share with each other. One thing I would really stress is for any new CS hire, go and shadow sales a little bit. They're probably practicing these kind of things. I mean, I don't know a company that doesn't have a sales methodology. If you cannot answer for yourself what metrics the customer is using to, you know, decide whether you are providing value. If you don't know and have a relationship, as you discussed before, with the economic buyer, if you don't know the decision process by which they are going to affect the renewal, I could go on with all the letters, right? But those frameworks are absolutely critical for the for CS professionals to be successful. They are. But when you've got an existing customer, it's so much easier to ask those questions, right? So for example, we might say, you know, we've got an EBR coming up with you, an executive briefing session, and I want to make sure we're totally prepared for that. So I'm going to call my champion and, right, they'll take my call because we have a relationship, I think, right? If I'm a CS person, it's, it's a lot easier to get in touch with these people. They'll take my call and say, you know what, we, we need to get an EBR schedule because it's really important to me that we're on the right track, that we're driving the right value. Let's circle the wagons and, and get everything on the same page. One of the things that I really want to do is make sure that, you know, I'm understanding from your perspective what's working and what's not working. Because I certainly have my perspective. I need to understand from your perspective. Will you help me by answering a few questions? Of course, they'll say yes. 
I'm glad you got onto the topic of of executive business re- reviews, EBRs, or they're sometimes referred to as QBRs or value reviews, right? There's so many different different types. You covered a little bit of the content that should be in those. What are some do's and don'ts that CSM sh- or salespeople who do conduct those as well should be thinking about during those value reviews with customers? So there's a certain amount of usage data that might be appropriate to bring in. There's a certain amount of you know understanding the past where we've come from. But I really like these meetings to be focused on the future. What are we doing together to drive value? That would, I think, be A, much more valuable to a stakeholder team, right? And B, a great way to engage them in helping you as the CSM connect those adoption dots that I was talking about earlier, right? We need executives to drive from the top, drive that change, or at least help reinforce it. And so, you know, the more we can get assigned action items get the executive to agree, oh yeah, I can send that email. Sure. Give me a template and I'll forward it out to the team. Or engaging the stakeholder in some of these simple activities is not only easier to do when you've got them face-to-face, but actually they're going to want to do it. I have some um, follow-up questions from what you mentioned earlier. So you talked about how sales has a pretty regimented process um, and CS maybe needs to shift to that a little bit over time, um, concrete steps. So my question to you is, Once the purchase is made all the way to renewal, we talked about joint success plans, impact assessments. What are other must-do things for CSMs during that year, however long, till renewal? You know, one of the most important things is making sure and checking, are we talking to the right people at the right time, right? These people are going to move on. When they move on, what a great opportunity because they should take you with them right? They go into a new account and it should be a really quick, fast sales cycle to bring you along with them, assuming they've seen the value directly, they perceived value, they perceived strong working relationships. The understanding of who the players are has to be a regular part of your cadence. CS has, I think, two fundamental responsibilities. The customer success organization has two fundamental responsibilities. One is the daily sort of care and feeding of existing customers, right? One-to-one working with accounts. The second thing, though, is, I think, more important, which is how do we make sure that we're creating advocates, promoters, right, from the get-go, from the very start, from the moment that we've started working with them through sales, marketing, through the whole process, are we doing the things that are going to make sure that they're really going to be strong advocates for us, right? Are we connecting those dots all the way through? CS has to own that responsibility because who else in the company is going to do it, first of all. And second of all, making sure that you're creating advocates from the get-go is far easier, right, to keep them as advocates than to recover a poor experience and try to turn that around into a positive one. I mean, it can be done, but obviously it's more work. So that process improvement, kind of looking at the forest for the trees, what are those consistently recurring patterns that are plaguing our customers? Not just what are the symptoms, But what are the true root causes? Why is this happening? Maybe a customer has experienced a different vendor, maybe a competitor, or maybe just something in their own life. So that sort of set that expectation, right? Maybe the expectation is being set by sales and marketing messages that CS isn't really understanding. Wherever those expectations are coming from, we have to be able to understand them and communicate to the rest of the company. You're looking at the marketplace and selling into it, but I'm talking in the marketplace every day. Here's real world data about what what our existing, you know, quote, customers are thinking and feeling and perceiving to be things that we do well and things that we don't do well. Brand is what customers tell you, right? Brand is what customers experience, not what you tell them. 
So if you want your brand to be something that it currently isn't, then you need to execute against that brand promise, demonstrate it, and then ultimately bring those initiatives or bring that insight back to the rest of the company so that we, again, are creating promoters from the get-go. CS people focusing only on the individual account health are never going to get ahead. They're always going to be somewhat reactive because they're going to deal with these issues that are popping up because of those missed expectations. Again, the better that CS can get ahead of that by bringing insight to the right part of the organization, the more likely they are to make their job easier and the more likely they are to be able to get some rest at night um, instead of keeping these heroics. That token, then what are your thoughts on the CS org having commercial responsibility? I see, you know, selling as, as a good thing. It's a noble profession in the sense that we are trying to provide solutions that solve customer problems, right? So the spray and pray approach of selling is not where it's at anymore. And we've been talking throughout this as the consultative sell and making sure that we're addressing issues. When we provide these kind of assessments, allow the customer to tell us, here's what we see working and not working. Customer wants a solution to any gaps. I see so often in these, you know, JSP, EBR, impact assessments, whatever these meetings are called, that's a lot of times where, you know, quote, selling happens. Customers doesn't even know you're selling. You may not even know you're selling, but it's a great opportunity to say, you know, here's what other customers do to solve this problem. You know, they have this part of our solution. You don't, you know, maybe we should look at that. Let's bring some other case stories into the example, or maybe it's, it's selling in the sense that they've got somebody that can be a beta customer, right? They've got a specific problem. Maybe your company is working on some solutions. It could be a great opportunity to engage that way. Should the CS team have commercial responsibility? Everybody sells. Everybody has to be keeping their ear to the ground to look for these kinds of opportunities. Who actually handles the paperwork? I don't know. I, I'm less passionate about that. You know, if sales wants to take the ultimate uh, expansion deal, drive the rest of that process, that could work fine. If it's a simple renewal, you know, how hard is it to just have a simple renewal discussion? So I think since CS already has those relationships or, or should be having those relationships with the right stakeholders, there's no reason why they can't take on a big part of the process. Yeah, my take on that one, which I learned from actually reading the the, the modern customer success pros threads was that if the user is the economic buyer, which happens in some instances, particularly the professional services related businesses, then the, the customer success person in that case does the renewal. If the users are, are separated from the economic buyer, typically I would give that responsibility to an account manager. And then there is that other aspect which you mentioned, which is if the renewal is just a rubber stamp, probably cheaper to have the CSM, cheaper and easier to have the CSM handle it. And that actually reminds me of another thing from a company I work for that did an interesting thing. In B2C, it's common if you call to say, hey, you call your cell phone company, you say, I'm canceling. Then they say, you know, please hold. And they transfer you over to the people who, you know, try to get you to retain. And this company I work for, B2B company, did basically the same thing, which was if it was a rubber stamp renewal, great. Once it went into like at-risk renewal, there was like a tiger team that got involved in obviously not all of the deals, but the, any larger at-risk deal, which I think was a fascinating thing to do. Yeah, that'd be really interesting to look at. I mean, I think I like the approach that you've just described from the sense that the better you can get that early warning indicator of, oh, there's going to be some problems come renewal, 
uh, yeah, the person who sold the original deal might really be the right person to to come in, or or maybe it's a, a sales executive. If you know the manager, the the VP maybe needs to get involved in certain situations, right? To again bring back that experience, those relationships. The early warning indicator is the key part, though, right? I mean, so well in advance of the renewal, of, well, I don't know, four six months is a really good time to do an EBR or the impact assessment and make sure that we're on the same page. And is the customer really engaged? Are they experiencing gaps, right? And are those gaps something that we can address or not, right, effectively? And then, you you know, with those three things, I think you've got all the understanding you need to be able to understand revenue at risk. I think so often we see account, you know, the CSM will designate account as red, yellow, or green based on their perceptions of their interactions with the champion. But it's the lack of engagement. That could be a huge indicator, right? If you just assume that, well, everything's going fine because we haven't heard anything or we haven't heard any problems, I would never do that. The silent accounts we know to be far more likely to churn you know, driving the right plays to drive up engagement should be really important. We just talked about a few of them, like the EBRs and impact assessments, right? I mean, there's a lot of plays that sales people use to drive up that engagement. You know, we have a lot to learn in CS. Earlier, you talked about kind of two fundamental responsibilities for CS folks, which are kind of the care and feeding, if I understood correctly, the day-to-day um, and creating advocates. Something that I've observed with that, though, is it becomes hard to measure how to know if they're doing well. So what are some things that you've seen work well in the field for that? I'm afraid I might be a broken record, but I, I just am so just wired towards this whole notion that people change jobs all the time. And it's so important to know to just even know who the right people are so that you can engage with them. So the first indicator that I typically look for is, do we have a defined stakeholder team for this account in Salesforce? A lot of times you don't even have a persona kind of field in Salesforce. How do they participate in purchase and renewal decisions? That's really what we mean by persona. You know, are they strictly an end user? Are they a power user? Are they a champion? Are they an architect? Are they an influencer? Right? I mean, these kinds of things should be understood to mean they participate in the purchase cycle in some way, right? And the more you can understand how they participate in it, the easier it is for you to be able to engage with them. At, at a higher level, I see like a lot of CS teams measured on churn or retention or something like that. And then at an individual level, I see that it's kind of hard to develop very objective criteria just because in sales, it's like either you hit your number or you don't, you have enough pipeline, you have enough opportunities generated. As an individual CSM, and even for my manager, how do they know if I'm tracking well, if those two responsibilities are my fundamental kind of North Star? The job of the CSM is to make sure that you're providing what I like to call trustworthy data. Uh, well, Steve, it's been awesome having you on today. While we were chatting, I actually went on Amazon and grabbed your your book, Failure Sucks. So I'm looking forward to reading that. If people want to ask you any deeper questions about the customer success world, what's the best way for them to do that? Is that either your website or, or LinkedIn? What do you prefer? I- I kind of like LinkedIn. I mean, yeah, you can come to our website, waypointgroup.org. But, you know, LinkedIn, it's just LinkedIn slash S Bernstein. Steve B at waypointgroup.org is my email address. Anyway, I'd be thrilled to to be able to address any questions, comments. Also, modern customer success pros, throw a question out there. If it's something in my wheelhouse, as you said, Jeremy, I'm really a nerd. I like to geek out on some of this stuff and try to get as specific I can, not just high level, like kind of here's what we've done, but more 
here's what we've done and why. Why do we do it this way and what have we gotten out of it? So I'd, I'd love to be able to share those kinds of stories anytime I can. Brilliant. Thanks for being on today. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast.